Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, November the 7th. A lot going on in the sporting world last night. Of course, Monday Night Football, uh, the Chargers and the Jets go at it. Of course, uh, collegiate basketball cranked it up last night. Some surprises uh, more so. Anyway, the Pelicans last night uh, journey up to Denver to take on the defending champs. Uh, they get beat pretty well. Williamson and uh, Ingram back in the game, but C.J. McCollum has got some kind of lung issue, and he's going to be out for a while. Elsewhere, um, also, there's a Louisiana hockey player that's playing in the National Hockey uh, a Louisiana native, excuse me, that's playing in the National Hockey League. We'll talk a little bit about that. Elsewhere, we'll have on at 7.30 Coach Terry Martin of the Lowerville Tigers to talk about his upcoming uh, playoff game this Friday night. And uh, believe it or not, Major League Baseball's got some news that Shohei Otani, officially a free agent this morning. We'll see if uh, who's going to make runs at him uh, throughout the course of the next few months. And as always, today in sports history for uh, November 7th here on Kane uh, Radio's Bayou Sports. But in the meantime, last night, Monday Night Football, the Chargers uh, – Anyway, boy, there's something rotten up in New York. Uh, you know, the Jets lost uh, to the Chargers last night, 27-6. to And uh, one day after the Giants lost to the Raiders, 30-6. to And New York fans have virtualized over the last five seasons. Only four teams have scored eight or fewer offensive TDs through the uh, first eight games of the season. There were the 2019 Jets, the 2020 Jets, the 2023 Giants, and the 2023 Jets. Yeah, I mean, in the last Sunday's matchup between the Jets and Giants, even though the weather was a little sketchy, a lot of rain, I mean, it was a perfect uh, example of how those two teams are right now. I think the final was 13-10. to 10. Jets came away with a win. But it really did uh, kind of uh, hammer home the point. That, uh, yeah, it's a, a struggle in the Big Apple. Oh, anyway, last night the Chargers only had 191 yards of total offense. The Jets had uh, at least 270. Of course, uh, how many times was uh, Wilson sack? Wilson sack. Seven. I, yeah, he, he he was tasting uh, the, the turf. Uh, it's not always the quarterback's fault, but at some point you got to get rid of that football. Thank you. Uh, anyway, and the, uh, matter of fact, the Jets held the ball for 34 and a half minutes during that game. And, uh, of course, they turned it over three times, uh, three fumbles. Uh, you can't do that. It seems like the Chargers. Uh, but 191 yards, uh, you know, you think of the Chargers being a high explosive offense with Herbert back there and some fine receivers he's gotten a good, and a good running back. But in the meantime, uh uh, like I said, uh, uh, the the Jets just uh, can't score. I think the points last night were two field goals. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, didn't watch the whole game. Watched a good portion of it. Uh, was glued to watching some college basketball last night. And uh, speaking of college basketball, uh, of course, uh, a lot of our local teams in action last night. Of course, LSU's men pounded uh, Mississippi Valley State 106 to. Uh, 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 60. Elsewhere, UL beat Youngstown State over in the Cajun Dome, uh, 72 to 62. But the big news out of Baton Rouge, the defending champion, the LSU Lady Tigers, go down to Colorado by the score of 92 to 78. And Jeff, I don't know if you watched. Any I, of that I watched ball game. Uh, the two side by side, and um, certainly I saw the uh, finality of the LSU game. Didn't stick around for the end of the football game, but uh, you know. 
they, they they were pretty competitive in the first half. It was a pretty tight game back and forth, and Colorado was hitting their shots. Um, that uh, one uh, uh, light-haired, uh, I don't know if that was redhead or, or not, but she, and I never did get her name, but uh-huh. for Colorado, she was hitting it from outside. Uh, she really seemed to be in command last night. But, but I'm going to, and I hate, this will sound sexist, but I, I don't think uh, a men's basketball coach would wear the outfit Kim Mulkey wore. And, you know, those outfits are great when you're winning. Yes. But, but they really look bad when, when you lose. I think about uh, Joe Burrow. I don't know if you remember the Super Bowl uh, he played in. He walked into the stadium wearing this really gaudy, almost look zoot suit looking thing. Yep. And I said, I hope he's got something else to go home in. Because after you lose a game like that, do you want to put that outfit back on? And, you know, I, I think it might be time for Kim Mulkey to ground her team a little bit, get maybe more of a blue-collar ethic. Uh, granted, uh, what they did last year was terrific, and I'm glad the girls are making some money with NIL, but it's time to uh, get back maybe some blue-collar mentality and dress it down a little bit and be an example to your team that says, we won last year, but it's up to us to show that we deserved it and that we can repeat. I mean, LSU has loaded. And again, it was just one game. That's right. You know, you I, and, and I hate to overreact on one game, but boy, the way they just got hammered, completely outclassed. Every time you thought, well, they've still got time to get uh, back into this game, they just saw their uh, the, the lead get bigger by Colorado. And again, uh, again, just one game, no need to overreact, but... I would say this. Uh, let's park those clothing until uh, you're back at number one. Anyway, uh, the Tigers last night, the Lady Tigers, uh, outscored Colorado in the first period, 16 to 14, but then were outscored by eight in the second period. The ladies play uh, tw- uh, 10 minute quarters yeah. compared to the men who play 20 minute halves, the difference in the men and the women's college game. Uh, meanwhile, uh, last night, uh, Colorado was leading at halftime. Uh, against the LSU ladies, 38-32, to 32, and then kind of started to blow it open a little bit, outscored them 25-19 to 19 in the third and 29-27 to 27 in the fourth, and the 92-78 score with that <clears throat> as the Lady Tigers uh, go down. Uh, and like you said, it is the first game. Colorado was ranked 20th yeah, in the country. Yeah, I mean, you not, know, they've got a pretty good team. There, there is a reason they put those two together. They, you know, they thought, you know, it's a special tournament uh and I say tournament, it's more just a gathering of teams playing right. individual games. But uh, they, they wanted a quality matchup, no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, with that, of course, the, uh, the Lady Tigers uh, basically uh, in that game last night, uh, it's the first time since 1995 that defending champion has dropped its season opener. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Tigers are absolutely loaded, having added two All-Americans via the transfer portal. Of course, Haley Van Lith and Anisha uh, Morrow and the number two recruit, uh, Michaela Williams, uh, to the roster that already boasted an All-American and uh, 
uh, Angel Reese and SEC Freshman of the Year, uh, Flujay uh, Johnson, and all that new talent couldn't take time to gel. And uh, it, uh, as it was made evident Monday night when LSU looked disconnected for much of the game, but that was a recipe for disaster against an experienced Colorado team. They, they uh, made the Sweet 16 last year. They returned uh, its top six players and uh, minutes played. And with that, of course, on the men's side up in uh, north, um, James Madison University t- traveled up to uh, East Lansing to take on Michigan State, number four ranked Michigan State, and Tom Izzo. Uh, entering Monday, the Dukes are 1 in 42 all time versus ranked opponents. They're now 2 in 42, <laughs> thanks to no part to the sport and shooting. An abysmal, you're ready, 1 for 20 from the three point uh, line. And uh, James Madison Athletics is having a moment. The football team, as we talked off the air, is 9-0. They're ranked 21 in the country. And uh, men's soccer team just upset the number one team in the country Mm. in Central Florida. And Michigan State, the first top five team to lose its opener against an unranked opponent since 2005. And also Michigan State, uh, which lost to Hawaii that year. Of course, the kicker – uh, James Madison University's assistant coach, Matt Buckland, is Izzo's nephew. Oh, wow. So uh, Thanksgiving could get awkward <laughs> in that regard. So uh, anyway, with that, but uh, we'll see how that flies. Meanwhile, uh, a little Major League Baseball. Of course, I mentioned earlier that uh, Otani is now actually a free agent. It'll be interesting to see what's going to fly. Of course, not able to pitch this year uh, due to some surgery, but he can get in the batter's box and swing away. So, uh, And the investment you make is not so much for 2024, but it's going to 2025 when you hope he can pitch again. Is he going to be the first half-billion-dollar ball player? Who knows? Know. And and will the Cubs uh, be attractive now that Craig Council is the man? Talking about some news that blew me away well, yesterday. Uh, that's you took the words I, I out had, of my mouth. I had no idea David Ross. Uh, granted, uh, the, the Cubs finished the season uh, poorly, losing 15 of 22. They were in a solid second of the three wild cards, they're pretty well solid, the number two team behind Philadelphia. And uh, they just, granted, they played some pretty good teams down the stretch, too. Uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee among them. Uh, but they just uh, couldn't get the job done. But but there was no hint at all. But yesterday, toward the end of my show, uh, Tesh Matters, I'm looking, both the, the Mets job was filled, the Guardians job was filled. I'm like, what's going to happen with Craig Council? And if I would have looked at my phone at about that same time, I would have said, holy cow, the Cubs just fired David Ross and hired Craig Council. Uh, record uh, salary, better than $8 million a year for yeah. four or five, five, five years. Five years, $40 million. Five Ouch. years, $40 million. And uh, David Ross, who, of course, played on that Cub team that oh, won yeah. the World Series. And, uh, See, I, I was always worried that he was hired as sort of a sentimental pick really? because of that. And, you know, I love Rossi. Uh, anybody who uh, has followed his career, just uh, you, you have no complaints. But I didn't think he handled the pitching staff real well. And this is so reminiscent to me of when the Cubs fired Rick Renneria for really apparently no reason because he was asked to be a part of a rebuild. But Joe Madden becomes available. We hire Joe Madden. A year later, we win the World Series. So 
I, I'm not saying that same magic repeats, but right. it is uh, interesting. Anyway, by the numbers, Council's $8 million annual salary uh, surpasses the $7.5 million Joe Torrey commanded during his heyday with the Yankee dynasty uh, back in the early 2000s. Of course, uh, Cleveland's Terry Francona was the highest paid manager in 2023, earning $4.5 million before uh, riding off into the sunset. He retired. Uh, that's why the uh, hire by the Guardians. Meanwhile, the highest paid uh, coaches in each sport – of course, Bill Belichick uh, with the Patriots, $20 million <laughs> annually. NBA, it's Monty Williams with the Pistons at $13.1 million. Kind of surprised there. Uh, college football, Nick Saban, Alabama, $11.4 million a year. Uh, college basketball, John Capillary at, uh, at Kentucky, $8.5 million a year. Of course, Council uh, Major League Baseball is now the highest paid manager at $8 million a year. And National Hockey League, Todd McClellan with the Kings makes $5 million a year. And uh, – the Mets hired Yankee bench coach Carlos uh, Mendoza, and the Guardians hired Stephen Voigt, who uh, spent last year on the Mariners' staff after retiring from playing in 2022. So uh, basically, uh, baseball now, that's when you see, of course, when they meet, what, in the first week of December in the winter meetings, and uh, we'll and see. They've got some meetings this week. Yeah, I think they do. You're right about that. Uh, with that today and, through uh, Thursday. Yeah, so we'll see what uh, what takes place with all the uh, and you know there were some trades taking place right now and some movement uh, with uh, the uh, uh, minor leaguers and all. But uh, anyway, it should be interesting. Meanwhile, last night the Pels uh, uh, Pelicans journeyed up to Denver to take on the defending champs, and uh, of course. Um, uh, Williams and, uh, and Ingram were back in the lineup, as I mentioned, C.J. McCollum, who's a fine outside three-point shooter. Uh, it's going to miss some while with some kind of lung infection, and he's had this before, and uh, the Pelicans picked him up in a trade a couple years ago, played out the year, played last year, played in about 75 of the 82 games last year, but uh, we'll see what uh, what's going to take place with he, of course, the defending champs. Uh, they just hammered uh, uh, the Pels last night in, up in Denver. And uh, I said Doncic uh, ha- had a, um, uh, another big night uh, for the uh, another triple-double. I think he's got 108 in his career, way behind the leader in that regard with 198. I'm trying to remember who that was. But uh, anyway, uh, interesting. Uh, we'll see how the Pels uh, come on with that. So uh, in the meantime, elsewhere uh, in the sporting world, uh, you know, I talked about a Louisiana native playing in the National Hockey League before we take our first break. And the first Louisiana-born hockey player to ever play in the National Hockey League just made his debut when the hockey season would open up last week. Was it, uh, I believe? No, they've already played 11 games. Anyway, uh, a Mason Lorai. Uh, became the first hockey player born in Louisiana to ever suit up for a National Hockey League uh, regular season or playoff game Thursday night for the Boston Bruins. And that was a week ago. Uh, anyway, Louisiana served as the home to minor league hockey teams. Uh, of course, we all remember the ice skaters in the 90s, uh, but the state isn't known for producing top-notch players in the sport. And he, uh, Lowry, was uh, born in Baton Rouge uh, in 2001, while his father, David, was the head coach of the now-defunct 
Baton Rouge Kingfish, mm-hmm. and that was the East Coast Hockey sure. League. His dad also coached in the CHL and the USHL, landing job places like Nashville, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, Lorai is considered a top prospect for the Bruins and uh, put on an impressive uh, debut in a 3-2 to two win over the Maple Leafs. Uh, the defenseman uh, was forced into duty by injuries. He was dynamite. He played really well. Bruins coach uh, Jim Montgomery said of uh, Lorai, his poise and the puck in all three uh, zones were very noticeable. He made a lot of intelligent hockey plays. The Ohio State product registered his first career point in his debut with an assist to Pavel uh, Zaka uh, goal in the first period. So, uh, Louisiana hockey player, of course, born in Baton Rouge when his dad was one of the coaches in the in the East Coast Hockey League uh, in Baton Rouge with the Kingfish. Of course, we all remember the Ice Gators. But uh, strange uh, that uh, no one from <laughs> Louisiana ever played hockey. Of course, he had to play up in Ohio State, where the northern states, where it's a bigger collegiate uh, play than it is down south. Of course, the first the, name's Mason. Yes. He scored a goal last night. Hello. In a 3-2 to two win. You know, uh, and, and I, I read a thread uh, after you uh, made me aware of that story. Uh, I read a thread of the comments, and the fans were like, we got to keep this guy up here. Don't let him go back to Providence. This kid's a gamer. <laughs> and so there you go. I'm not sure if that's his first goal, but, uh, you know, in hockey, uh, assists, uh, as you mentioned, he had an assist the other night. Uh, those are just as valuable as far as points, uh, your points at the end of the season. You get one for a goal, you get one for an assist. They're that much important as the goals. So um, good for Mason. Again, I'm not sure if that was uh, his first goal. Uh, Again, they've probably played two or three games since his debut. Uh, But again, so far so good. And, you know, uh, the Bruins uh, set up quite a team records last year. Until they they lost in the first round of the postseason. That's right, too. Is it the Lightning that beat them, I do believe, Mm -hmm. in that first round? And, uh Meanwhile, uh, I think they started off pretty hot again this year, Boston yeah, they did. Uh, what were they, 10-0-1, something of that nature, I think. I don't know if they've lost their first one in the last uh, week or so, but uh, they pretty are, impressive. They're 10-1 and an overtime loss, which still got them a point. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, anyway, <coughs> excuse me, uh, just about time to take our – First break here on Bayou Sports. Uh, we've got Coach uh, Terry Martin uh, hopefully get on the line in the next few minutes. Uh, you listen to FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Martin right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana Campaign. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Time out. Oh, right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. You're on the line with us is head football coach of the Lorville Tigers, uh, Terry Morton. Good morning, Coach. As always, welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. Thank y'all for having me on this morning. Oh, you're quite welcome, Coach. And, uh, Coach, uh, of course, uh, last week, the believe it or not, 10 games already gone in high school football. And, of course, your team are qualified for the state playoffs. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, a 12 seed. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, we are the 12 seed. And you will uh, entertain a Rayville from uh, up around uh, Monroe, North Louisiana, uh, as they come to town. But before we jump into the game this Friday, tell us a little bit about your game last Friday against Delcom and uh, then on to uh, Rayville uh, with your first playoff game for the Tigers uh, this coming Friday. Like you said, man, and I say this every, every year in August, that first day of fall practice, you know, uh, when I kind of talk to the kids, I always remind them, you know, and I kind of do the same thing every year. I tell the seniors, you know, you're going to blink your eyes, and I snap my finger, and I said, it's going to be done. You know, we'll, we'll be week 10. We'll be in the play, you know, hopefully be in the playoffs. And, and it's amazing how you look forward to it. You know, and, and, again, the kids, you know, you have to go through the grind of all summer, you know, coming when it's so hot, doing all the work, looking forward to finally, you know, for it to get here. And then in the blink of an eye, it's done. And, and uh you know, it's really weird how that happens. But, again, you know, once again, week 10 last week, uh, playing a young Delcom team, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was pretty concerned going in because, you know, for whatever reason, they always play us really tough. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, they, they play their best when, when we play against them. Uh, I was pretty concerned going in just because of the style of offense they run. But like I may have mentioned before, you know, just pretty confusing when you don't see it a lot. You know, the, with the wing T thing, there's a lot of misdirection, a lot of, uh, you know, different actions in the backfield that if your kids, you know, are not playing discipline on defense and don't have their eyes in the right spot, you know, they can, they can make you look pretty, pretty silly at times. And, uh, but fortunately for us, you know, we, we started off pretty well. Uh, I prefer to always, if we win the toss, defer, you know, and get, get the ball in the second half, but they won the toss, they deferred, which, which we pretty, uh, you know, thinking back on it, seems like most of the time we, we've been going on defense first, but, uh, fortunately, we got the ball first and was able to drive it down and score, you know, on our first possession, uh, score the next few times. And, you know, we played pretty well defensively and, uh, we're able to, you know, get ahead rather quickly and get some young kids in. Uh, we're actually, you know, before the end of the, the first half, we'll put some of our younger kids on offense and, uh, and able to rest some of those guys. And, you know, but even though a lot of our starters played maybe just, you know, a half a football, it was still a physical game. Uh, 
because you know I, several kids say you know for playing such a short time I don't know if I've ever been this sore you know so so you know they they still ran the football a lot and uh, but but we we ended up coming out with not any major injuries uh, I'm hoping that this week we're going to get back our starting right tackle uh, Owen Broussard was knocked out a couple weeks back with an injury but it looks like he may be able to come back this week which is perfect timing you know obviously going to the playoffs so uh finished off you know our regular season like we wanted to you know playing playing pretty well and now you know uh it's 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 win or go home and uh you know so but like like i don't know what it is but but it's just uh there's something about playoff football that just that just you know it's it's you know obviously my favorite time of the year you know whenever we get to this time uh because the kids know, you know, hopefully they realize what's at stake and, and you know, the excitement of hoping to, to survive and go one more week. The plat, you know, the practices don't have to be nearly as physical as, you know, maybe they've been all year. Uh, things seem to move a little bit quicker. Uh, and I guess maybe with the time change, uh, you know, it's getting dark, darker earlier now. And, uh, but, you know, we had a pretty good Monday yesterday uh, putting in stuff for, you know, a, a totally a team we were not familiar with at all. As you mentioned, they're coming a long way, uh, way up in North Louisiana in Rayville. Uh, traditionally, they've been a, 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 a actually a basketball powerhouse. They've won a couple, you know, we've won some state championships in basketball. Have some real good athletes, so uh, you know they have a few kids that can really hurt us. Uh, got a really, uh, I, I want to say he looks like he's about six three uh, quarterback who runs really well. Uh, he, he throws the long ball really well and. Uh, you know, our concern is, can we tackle that big sucker? You know, he, he can definitely hurt us, have a really good running back. It looks like he has a lot of speed. Uh, and then they have a, a really good-looking defensive lineman. And, and to me, when I look at them, they really remind me a lot of Franklin. You know, they, they just got a lot of, you know, some really good athletes. Uh, and, you know, maybe not in some spots as big as Franklin is. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that we're able to run the ball a little bit, you know, and take advantage of maybe some of their uh, – the kids that they have and keep the ball away from them because when, when the quarterback has the ball in his hand, he's going to be a challenge. Uh, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a hard guy to bring down. And uh, now looking ahead, it looks like there's about a 50% chance of rain on, uh, on Friday. So, you know, that's another thing we have to contend with. And, uh, you know, we actually yesterday, uh, we, we did something that we have not done all year. We, we put, you know, some of our base plays that we run out of the shotgun we, we got in two backs and got in the center, which, again, we haven't done in a while, just in case we have a, you know, we're playing with a wet ball. And I had a coach with a, with a Gatorade bottle, you know, for like a Powerade-type bottle, squirt bottle. And before every play, you know, we squirt in the ball with water. Uh, and then just, to, you know, get some snaps, with, you know, on the center to pre- kind of prepare just in case we do have some rain. But, uh, you know, at this point in the year, just like I was just talking to one of our kids, you know, whatever we have to do, to adapt and try to win and survive one more week is what we're going to do. So, you know, it's, it's that time of the year. Again, I, like I said, it's, it's my favorite time of the year. Uh, pretty exciting, and, and we're looking forward. You know, hopefully we can have a good game on Friday. You know, uh, you had a pretty good idea when we talked Saturday morning that you'd have Rayville. How do you think the, the bracket uh, looks for uh, your team going forward? And I know you're not looking past Rayville, but have you taken a look at the bracket? Uh, again, I you know I can tell you who who it may be if we win, but but after that again I have not looked that far down the road. Uh, you know I'll I'll do that you know within the next couple of days I guess as we get closer to the end of the week and once you know we put the final touches on the game plan for this week. But but you know now in, in the four division setup or format, you know we got we have several really good three A teams and and you know that's going to be in the playoff bracket. And so, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think, you know, it's, it's much more of a challenge than maybe it would have been before. 
you know, your round one game, you can maybe look at it and say, you know, we have a, we have a decent chance of winning. But after that, I, I just think it's pretty loaded. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go too far ahead, uh, you know, as we, as we go each week. You know, like I said, I'll look a little bit more. But, you know, I know we get the winner, if we do win, the winner of Westlake and Bogalusa. And, uh, you know, two talented, very talented teams. Uh, Bogalusa is extremely talented. But, again, you know, I'll worry about that as we get closer to, to that time. Fair enough. Yesterday, I understand uh, you may have received uh, the initial district proposal. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, it, you know, again, uh, it, that that's the, the first one. You know, the, typically they don't change much. I don't think it will change much, but it may. Uh, but again, you know, that's kind of something that's out of our hands. I, 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 you know, it looks like you know, every the, the big talk was that LCA is coming back down. You know, they 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 were having maybe you know one not as competitive in some of their minor sports as they are in football. And so it looks like, you know, they're going to compete in 2A again instead of playing up to 4A. And, uh, but it looks like not for now. They actually, because I guess their location on I-10, they moved them into that a little more west with the Notre Dame and, and Welsh and those guys. That's a shame. And, uh, we look, <laughs> and it looks like we ended up picking up Homer Christian, again. Uh, who was in our district before, uh, you know, at one time, which they had actually back then petitioned to stay more in the New Orleans area just for travel. Uh, they wanted to be in that New Orleans district, so they may actually appeal it to, to get out. I don't, I don't know yet. You know, and again, uh, that's all stuff that's out of our hands. Uh, right now, you know, our big struggle is, uh, I'm struggling with, with, uh, trying to make, you know, to, this is a reclassification year. Just trying to schedule teams. Uh, I've actually had three teams, you know, in our five non-district pre, you know, pre-district games who, who agreed to play. You know, again, you can't sign contracts yet because the districts aren't out yet. But, you know, agreements, we're going to play this week. Okay, we're going to play this week. We'll talk about home and away once the districts come out. And within the last two or three weeks, three schools, I find out just recently, have dropped us and are not going to play anymore. And so, uh, and there are many options out there, you know, and the people who are out there, you don't want to play. You know, I'm talking to five, eight schools that may have the same, same playing date. So we are really struggling to find teams right now because we've had three teams drop us, you know, who said they were going to play and who are now not playing us anymore. So, you know, I'm kind of on, on the online, on the phone, you know, calling, texting people and just trying to see if there's anybody else who may be looking for the same dates we're looking for. Yeah. Any uh, um, even odd number of uh, teams in the district uh, issues there? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a six team district. So, you know, we, we don't have, we won't have any open dates late in the season, but we do have to fill the first five if it stays the way it is right now. You know, we will have to fill the first five. And again, like I said, I had all five filled. And, uh, and, and now, you know, we're looking for two, four, and five. Uh, you know, those teams we're playing there have decided to play somebody else. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a fun time of the year. Uh, like, like, again, uh, uh, one of the coaches, I serve on the board of directors for the uh, Football Coaches Association. And uh, a while back, we have a, a little group text among the four officers on, on the board. And uh, Tommy Minton, I remember Tommy Minton was at yes. Patterson forever. Uh, he you know, he went to Central Catholic for a while, and he's the head coach at Vanderbilt Catholic. And he made a comment. He said, "There's nothing like scheduling that will reveal a coach's true character." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you'll have guys that agree, you know, to play, but then when they see they see another, or oh, oh, I can, I can, you know, this team might be, you know, a much better team to play for me to get a win. And and all of a sudden now, you know, the team you thought you were playing, you know, you're not playing anymore. So. It's a very uh, hectic time of the year, and uh, I'll be glad when we're done with it. 
There you go. I know Rayville, first and foremost, is the concern. Uh, I, I know you don't have to get fans excited about the game, but anything they need to know about uh, this week's playoff game? Uh, nothing in particular. Uh, you know, regular, uh, it's a Friday night, 7 o'clock game. Uh, you know, again, uh, I think we have a pretty good opponent uh, who has some talent on the field. And, uh, you know, it, this, again, there's not, there's not too much like playoff football, and uh, especially in a community like this. So really looking forward to it and, you know, hope we have a good crowd. And we're looking forward to being out there, as always. Appreciate your cooperation and uh, accommodations you afford us when we uh, do get out there. Well, glad to have you all, man. Looking forward to it. All right, Coach. Best of luck in your week of preparation. And, again, I'll look forward to hearing on you, uh, hearing from you on a couple of things we talked about uh, before we went on the air. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Coach, good luck. Appreciate Coach Terry Martin, uh, as always. Yeah, always. uh, High school coaches always want to be playing uh, Thanksgiving week. That's when you know you've got a pretty good team. You're into this uh, quarters, uh, uh, even the uh, after bi-district regionals quarters, and uh, you got semifinals and finals over in the dome. So, uh, anyway, Lorville, a good, pretty good year this year. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, they, of course, they've had their share of bumps and bruises through the course of the year, like other teams have too. But uh, that's just something that's natural and good to see. Her. He's getting a nice offensive lineman back too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young man that was Looks on for like a couple it, weeks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in the meantime, so uh, Rayville, um, as he mentioned, uh, always have some athletes. Uh, he's correct in that the way they uh, line up a lot like Franklin, too. Just a lot of good athletes uh, that can hurt you and uh, just have to maintain uh, keeping your lanes and all and uh, and play hard. So uh, good luck to the Tigers of Lorville. And, you know, I want to go back to a couple of things he said about Delcom. Uh, Artie's not going to be on uh, tomorrow, but he, he was on with me Saturday, and you know, he talked about uh, this Delcom team, even though they were 0-10, may have been one of his favorite years coaching. Really? Because their attitude, because they played so strong, and Coach Martin alluded to that, that, um, you know, they, they are obviously shorthanded. They're not nearly as deep. Lorville was able to rest a lot of guys, um, uh, you know, certainly by the second half, if not before then. Just the idea that uh, that Delcom team played with so much heart, and I'm glad Coach... Martin recognized that and uh, threw that kudos uh, in that direction because, yeah, I already did mention that uh, this, it was one of his favorite coaching years uh, just because they knew what they were up against and they still uh, worked as hard as you expected. I, I think he said maybe around week five or six uh, th- there was one game where maybe he didn't think they put out their best, but then they rebounded after uh, being reminded about certain things. And uh, so, again... Tough year for Delcom, but glad to hear uh, even uh, Lorville recognize that they fought hard. And you can uh, point out that he only had six seniors and three juniors on that team of a squad of about uh, 30, 35 kids. So uh, building for the future, hopefully Coach Audie Laosa can uh, see that in the next year or so uh, as these younger kids grow up pretty quickly. Anyway, Jeff, time to take another break. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. And uh, just a little bit update. Uh, since I, I don't follow it well, but uh, something in the National Hockey League caught my eye. Uh, the Sharks look like they're having a tough time this year. As the uh, Sharks are uh, awful, so to speak. History is on the line tonight in San Jose, if the Sharks lose to the visiting Flyers tonight, they'll become the first National Hockey League team to ever start a season with 12 straight losses. Ouch. Ouch. Anyway, where it stands, the Sharks now are 0-10-1, matching the 11-game winless start by the 1943 Rangers, the 2017 Coyotes, and the 2021 Coyotes. They lost to the Canucks uh, last Thursday uh, 10-1 and 10-2 to the Penguins on Saturday, marking the first time since 1965 that a team has allowed 10 goals in back-to-back games. Of course, San Jose minus 42 goal differential is the worst ever through uh, 11 games. And for reference, the next worst is minus uh, this season is the Orleans at minus 14, and they're sitting at uh, 42. Wow. Anyway, the crazy stat, Toronto's Austin Matthews has more goals this season, 13, than the Sharks do as a team, 12. That is amazing. And uh, what they're saying, this can't go on for much longer, said GM Mike Greer who said changes to the roster and coaching staff could be coming if things don't turn around quickly in that regard. So, uh, anyway, just uh, – This is a team that was in the finals uh, two, three years ago. That's right. You know, that's so. correct. That's, you, you shake your head about that. Anyway, just even though uh, this is something on this day in history, uh, uh, back in November seventh, 1991, I'm sure people remember this. Magic Johnson retired, and uh, – 32 years ago today, Magic Johnson shocked the sports world when he announced that he had tested positive for the HIV virus and was retiring from the NBA. And what came next, despite his retirement, Johnson was an all-star starter and scored 25 points in the game to earn MVP honors. And he was also a member of the Dream Team at the 92 Summer Olympics. And in 96, he returned to the Lakers for a brief stint before he permanently retired. So, uh, and, uh, you know, back then, Jeff, uh, people were so just... uh, 
apprehensive about with the uh, HIV virus, and we've no learned doubt. a lot mo- more of it today. And it's not that you can catch it by just talking and, and shaking somebody's hand. So uh, medicine has come but, along. But there were certainly concerns about blood transferring. True. And, you know, it's a physical game. It may not be football, but it's still a pretty physical it is. game. And uh, th- those were some of the uh, concerns and you know, uh, uh, again, you know, we witnessed it through COVID. Uh, yeah, we learned a lot, uh, maybe made a few mistakes along the way or maybe a few overreactions along the way, but you learn. Yes, you know, and that you do. That you do. You hope. You yeah, hope you learn. That's right. And uh, experiences, I've always said, the best teacher. Anyway, also back in 1943, the Giants and the Lions played to a 0-0 tie and that's the last scoreless game in NFL history. Neither team got inside the 15-yard line, and the New York only got past midfield once in that regard. So uh, a 0-0 game, of course, they would have gone into overtime today. Back then, there was no overtime, if my memory serves me correctly. Not even, okay. Yeah, not for the regular season. They did go into overtime for the playoffs. Of course, the famous overtime game was the Colts and the Giants in 1957, where uh, – Alan Alamichi, uh, the horse, uh, snuck into the end zone for the Colts to beat the Giants in the, they say, the greatest uh, NFL game ever played. Meanwhile, uh, also in this date in 2016, Seth Curry, uh, you know, he set an NBA record. He made 13 three-pointers in a single game uh, that particular year, uh, seven years ago. And two years later, Clay Thompson broke his teammate's record. He hit 14 threes in a game. Now, that's astonishing. You know, to make that many shots. You had to take at least 14 shots from three-point land to make 14 of them. But uh, when you think about it, just unbelievable. Anyway, just going back to that 0-0 game, <coughs> excuse me, in the 75 years since the last scoreless NFL game, there have been three, several three-nothing finishes. The most famous one, we all remember, the snowplow game. Uh, that was back in 82 when a convict on a work release <laughs> cleared the path on a snowy field up in Foxborough to help the Patriots kicker John Smith down the Dolphins uh, as he cleared the field. I can still remember that, getting on that snow plow and moving it around and uh, clearing it so he could kick off the, uh, I guess, I don't think it was turf at the time. I'm pretty sure it was. What year uh, would this have been? 82. Oh, yeah. They, they were, Gillette Stadium. Well, it was. Uh, yeah, up in Foxborough. Foxborough. Foxborough Stadium, I think it was called. Uh, but, yeah, that had an artificial surface. Yeah, well, he uh, ended up taking that Zambini machine and clearing the uh, turf so the kicker could. And that's the last of the three-point games. Anyway, on the tube tonight, you're interested in watching some uh, men's college basketball. Auburn's at Baylor. That's going to be on ESPN in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Meanwhile, uh, football tonight. Uh, Action. Yeah, Central, uh, Central Michigan has taken on Western Michigan. Uh, in-state rivals, uh, that's going to be a 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, two trophies are on the line in Kalamazoo. The two trophies, Central Michigan and Western Michigan, are playing for the Victory Cannon, uh, if you're not aware of, trophy, head-to-head rivalry, and the uh, Michigan Mac uh, trophy as both already beat Eastern Michigan. So, uh, Anyway, that comes into play. Meanwhile, triple-doubles last night. Uh, I mentioned about Jokic uh, was all smiles after the Nuggets win. Of course, they beat the Pelicans pretty bad. I think I gave a score of uh, 134 to 116. Anyway, Nikolai Jokic recorded his 108th triple-double on Monday to pass. LeBron James for fourth on the all-time list. Of course, uh, who are the only players with uh, – 
three players with more triple doubles. Uh, I'm going to shout them out to you quickly. And uh, they are Russell Westbrook with 198 uh, triple doubles. Oscar Robinson with 181. And Magic Johnson with 138. So uh, on uh, triple doubles with that. So uh, anyway, saw a story too, Jeff, about a young basketball phenom back in the day. Uh, he... Um, the rise and fall of Mikey Williams. Mikey Williams uh, was Memphis uh, when it opened its season Monday night. He was absent uh, as a freshman. He was one of the more highly sought-after kids in the country, a number one recruit, an NIL millionaire who may never play competitive basketball again, and once on a social media sensation who rose to the top of the 2023 class. He amazed more than you're ready. 5 million Instagrams and TikTok followers and became one of the early faces of the NIL era. Williams is now facing a legal uh, fight for his freedom. Williams was arrested on April the 13th in the wake of a late night incident two weeks earlier at the 1.2 million hilltop home he owns in San Diego. Angry that visitors unexpectedly showed up to his house, Williams allegedly threatened to shoot them, then fired his handgun at their vehicle as they drove away, damaging the trunk and rear windshield, but uh, leaving all six occupants unharmed. Williams has uh, pleaded not guilty to six counts of assault, and with uh, that firearm, one count of firing into an occupied motor vehicle, and two counts of making threats that could uh, result in a death or great bodily injury. The nine felony charges carry a penalty of up to 30 years in prison if Williams is convicted. So, uh, hate to see that. Of course, John, I mean, uh, uh, Penny uh, Hardaway, the head football, uh, basketball coach up at uh, at uh, Memphis. And, you know, you can remember him from those little uh, commercials he did on the TV with his little uh, – uh, uh, mini, uh, mini Mike, uh, 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 doing those commercials. I can recall that and saw him play in college. He, he was what, six, seven or so a point guard for the Memphis Tigers back in the day. And, uh, sorry to see this happen to a young man, number one recruit in the country owns a home of $1.2 million. I mean, uh, just amazing. What you see some of these young athletes were able to acquire through the NIL. And sometimes you worry, with that, all that ruined them, you know, coming into that kind of money that quickly and uh, disposing of it uh, the way they want. But um, it just, um, you really wonder if the NIL is really the proper thing. And I feel they ought to get something. But uh, anyway, uh, anyway, this young man, uh, oh, well, he, uh, he's got big problems now. So hopefully uh, some of that can be clarified up and see what happens to him in the meantime. Don't know if I might, I might have missed anything else, Jeff. Uh, quickly, uh, Jones is out. Of course, uh, Daniel Jones is out for the season with a torn ACL. Arizona's Kyler Murray. He's expected to start this week for the Cardinals after missing the last 13 games. Also, uh, of course, LeBron uh, James's uh, update with his son, Bronny. Uh, Bronny James is set to get a checkup at the end of the month after his cardiac arrest this summer and will start practicing with uh, the Southern Cal uh, Trojans if he's cleared, and that's according to his dad. So uh, with that, uh, hopefully uh, he can come through. I know uh, Papa, I think, would like to play uh, with his son if he could. Uh, well, he's played one year at USC and then move on. I'm not sure, but uh, – Interesting uh, young man uh, who came through a serious incident 
and uh, hopefully he gets clear and be able to go on with his uh, collegiate uh, life at USC with the Trojans. Anyway, Jeff, don't know if I might have missed something before oh, we take yeah, our next break. Just a few headlines of note. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a bit of a cryptic uh, response when asked about his potential return. He said, give me a few weeks when asked about his return from injury. And I don't think he meant, give me a few weeks and I'll be back. Give me a few weeks and I'll have a better understanding, I think is what he meant. But uh, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, uh, a little cryptic there. Javi Baez declines to opt out of uh, the Tigers' contract. He's had a disappointing uh, time in Detroit since being traded from the Cubs initially to the Mets and then a free agent with the Tigers. Uh, he's going to get $98 million over the next four years. And yeah. Some are going to suggest uh, if he were to opt for free agency, he might only be offered a minor league contract. It's been that rough in Detroit. So uh, he's going to stay there. And I think I saw one other. Oh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, have received formal discipline notification from the Big Ten. That's going to be interesting, too, to see what happens with he with the spying incidents. And, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, the guilt is, the alleged is pretty accurate with the coach dressing up. What was it? They are playing Central Michigan, and the coach was dressed up in the opposing yeah. team's uh, 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 uniforms on the sidelines. So, uh, anyway. Michigan uh, uh, this week, of course, they, I play Penn State this week, and I'm not sure if that's in Happy Valley or if it's in the big house uh, uh, this coming week, but uh, Michigan still has uh, some formidable opponents that have got to play Ohio State, and I'm trying to remember who their last game is against. Usually uh, it's against Ohio, Ohio State. State. But they play Penn State, and I can't remember who else they played in between. Another good, pretty good football team uh, for the uh, – uh, uh, Wolverine, so uh, in the meantime. Taysom Hill, uh, we talked about him yesterday and the feat he accomplished in joining Frank Gifford as uh, the only two now to have accomplished the ten or more touchdown passes, touchdown receptions, touchdown uh, rushing. rushing. Uh, now his gear from uh, the Saints game Sunday on its way to the Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. I'm not sure exactly what is being sent there, whether it's a jersey, cleats, whatever, but yeah. something is heading to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, a rare feat he accomplished, too. Frank Gifford, uh, of course, the all-purpose uh, back from uh, the Giants back in the day and uh, played at Southern Cal in the early 50s. So, uh, anyway, just a, what an honor for uh, Tyson Hill uh, in that regard. Anyway, time to take our next break. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with uh, more along with Today in Sports History right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday, November the 7th. As uh, uh, interesting SEC games this weekend. Of course, the Cajuns will entertain Southern Mississippi at Cajun Field uh, this weekend. But the Tigers, uh, Billy Napier's team comes to town. LSU, believe it or not, a two-touchdown pick in that game. Uh, Florida unranked. They're 5-4 and four in the year. Uh, the Tigers uh, over and under that game, 63, as uh, Billy Napier comes back uh, to Louisiana to play uh, LSU. Of course, uh, Napier's uh, LSU was uh, the number one scoring team in the country in collegiate football, but that number came down with only the 28 they scored against uh, uh, Alabama. And I um, hadn't seen any reports yet, Jeff, on uh, Daniels, uh, the quarterback. Uh, uh, man, I, the lick he took, I, I can't believe they didn't call that some kind of uh, uh, what was a personal foul, but uh, targeting in, in that hit since he came up and under his. Uh, I haven't heard anything beyond yeah. um, you know what Coach yeah. Kelly said yesterday. He asked to challenge it. We weren't successful. That's it. Yeah, and uh, with that, of course, uh, uh, will he miss some games uh, with, I believe, what they have three games left to play, the Tigers, and uh, with that, of course, uh, with Florida coming to town, they played Georgia State, I believe, uh, the following weekend and in the year, of course, against Texas A&M, which I think that game's in Baton Rouge. So, uh, anyway, interesting. Good, good news is they haven't ruled them out for Saturday. That's correct. And uh, if you want to watch LSU in Florida on the tube uh, this coming Saturday, it's going to be a 6.30 kickoff. You can watch it on the SEC channel. It's where they'll be broadcasting that game with that. Other games around the country, Alabama will journey to uh, – Lexington to take on the Wildcats. Uh, they're a ten and a half point pick in that game. Number eight, Alabama. Vanderbilt's at South Carolina. Tennessee's at uh, Missouri. Tennessee is a one point pick in that game. Uh, with that, of course, Tennessee's seventeenth uh, in the country. Missouri twelfth after getting beat by uh, Georgia. Elsewhere, Auburn and Arkansas go at it. Auburn's five and four. I didn't think they were playing that well. Meanwhile, Arkansas three and six. Of course, they had the big win over the weekend. Uh, Kicked a winning field goal uh, as uh, time expired to uh, beat, uh, I want to say it was A&M. Elsewhere, uh, Mississippi, Ole Miss, and Georgia should be interesting. Georgia number two in the collegiate football playoff poll, while Mississippi is number 10. That's going to be a 6 o'clock kickoff, and that's going to be on ESPN uh, this coming uh uh, Saturday uh, kickoff at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Meanwhile, uh, the other game uh, of some interest, uh, A&M 
and you wonder if uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher, how long he's going to last. Of course, the buyout, I'm still hearing 75 to $77 million. And of course, the Aggies come in at 5-4 and four against Mississippi State, 4-5. and five. That'll be played at Kyle Field in College Station. It's going to be on ESPN2, a 6.30 kickoff. and m an 18.5-point pick in that game, Jeff. And uh, uh, interesting uh, with that. Of course, the Cajuns taking on the, the – uh, uh, Eagles of uh, Southern Miss in, in that game. And uh, right now in that game, uh, uh, that uh, uh, it's going to be on ESPNU. So you'll be able to watch if you have the affiliates uh, of uh, ESPN. Southern Miss is, comes in 2-7. and seven, And the uh, Cajuns are 5-4. and four. Uh, and Cajun Field, of course, UL is a 10.5-point pick in that game. The over and under is 54. And, of course, the Cajuns lost – their fine uh, freshman quarterback, or might might be a sophomore with a or a freshman with a red shirt, uh, uh, with that Chris. I think he had a broken fibula that happened in the game uh, this past weekend up in Arkansas State, Jonesboro, and uh, usually Field is uh, the one quarterback they have. Bath is Wooldridge went down earlier in the year, and then Chris uh, this past Saturday, and uh, the young man Field, I believe his first name escapes me, uh, Chandler Field is set at the quarterback for the Cajuns uh, this particular uh, Saturday. Of course, uh, with that, UL um, averaging 31 a game. Uh, Southern Miss having trouble scoring points. They average only 23 a game. That's 96th in the country. So uh, big games all the way around, too. Uh, the Green Wave take on Tulsa. They're favored by 20-plus points in that game. So, uh, anyway, state teams, uh, see if we can get back on track in that regard. Anyway, uh, today in sports history here on November the 7th, some interesting uh, things, a short list, but some interesting things. Way back in 1933, Penn voters, uh, Pennsylvania voters, overturned the blue law permitting Sunday sports. Uh, Can you believe that? They wouldn't allow uh, to play on Sundays. Branch Rickey, when he was uh, part-time affiliate with the Cardinals, Dodgers, and Pirates, he never would attend a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, in the major leagues in that regard. Elsewhere on this date, 1954, the Cleveland Browns' uh, Chet Hanelak, uh sets a record with seven punt returns and a win by their largest margin, about 59 points, beating uh, Washington 62-3. to Also on this date, 1963, uh, New York catcher Elston Howard is the first African-American to be voted the American League's most valuable player. Also in this date, 1970, Argentine boxer Carlos Manzon upsets defending champion Nito Benvenuti of Italy in the 12th round with a knockout in Rome to win the WBC, the WBA, and the middleweight titles. Also in this day, 1979, Major League, uh, the Chicago Cubs reliever Bruce Souter wins the NL Cy Young Award uh, for the Cubs that year. Also in this date, 1988, Sugar Ray Leonard KOs Donnie Lalonde in, in a middleweight fight. Uh, Sugar Ray goes on to win. Also in this date, 1996, ex-NFL running back and Heisman Trophy winner Mike Rozier is shot several times in his hometown of Camden, New Jersey, recovers uh, completely. Also, Mike Rozier, if my memory serves me correct, married a girl from, uh, uh, I want to say, over in Grand Mary. Uh, mm. from here because he came down a few times and was in parades and all for Mardi Gras. 
Mike Rogier, the former uh, Heisman winner. Elsewhere on uh, this date in birthdays, uh, born back in 1938, uh, did a lot of broadcasting, won the Gold Clubs, Gold Clubs 16 times. Jim Cat, who was a three-time All-Star with the Twins, Phillies, uh, St. Louis, he broadcasted for the Yanks for many years, Twins and Major League Baseball Network. He was born in Zeeland, Michigan. Also born on this day in 1944 was Joe Nikiro, the pitcher for the Astros, an All-Star NL wins leader in 1979 uh, with the World Series in 87 with the Twins. The Yanks and uh, born in Martins Ferry, Ohio. Of course, uh, Joe passed away in 2006. Of course, the brother of Phil Necro. Elsewhere on this date and born on this date, uh, Catahoula's honoree, uh, Calvin Borrell, born on this date, the Hall of Fame uh, jockey, uh, won the Derby in 7, 9, and 10, born in Catahoula, Louisiana. Also born in this day, a longtime pitcher in the major leagues, played with the Tigers back uh, in the day, Russ Springer, born on this day in 1968, and with the Phillies and host of many other teams, born in Alexandria, Louisiana, won a ring with the D-backs uh, 22 years ago in 01. Also passing away on this date, uh, one of the world's uh, great boxers, Gene Tunney, uh, boxer world heavyweight champion from 26 to 28, dies at 80. Of course, uh, uh, Gene Tunney was in a famous uh, count. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. Also passing away on this date was Johnny Sane, the baseball pitcher with the Braves. He and Spawn was Spawn and Sane and pray for rain as those two got the, the Braves into the World Series but were defeated by the Cleveland Indians in Lou Boudreaux. Elsewhere on this date in 2011, passing away smoking Joe Frazier, the Olympic gold medalist in 64, undisputed world heavyweight champion from 70 to 73, dies of liver cancer at the young age of 67. Also in this day, passing away in 2017, Roy Holiday, the American League baseball pitcher, Hall of Fame pitcher, eight-time All-Star, Cy Young, winner twice in 03 and 10, uh, pitched a perfect game, pitched a postseason no-hitter, and uh, with the Blue Jays and Phillies died when piloting a plane under the influence of pain uh, killers and sleeping pills at 40. Uh, Tragic. Anyway, on the quote of the day, Went back to Gene uh, Tunney, who who did, he said, I did six years of planning to whip champion from Jack Dempsey. And, of course, back in um, 1927, on September 22nd, Dempsey knocked Tunney down. And uh, they they had a new rule that year that you had to go to a corner, uh, one of the uh, vacant corners, and he'd get the 10 count. But Dempsey didn't go to the corner when he knocked down Tunney, and he had a few extra seconds to focus again. And uh, Tunney got back up and beat Dempsey and uh, on the long count way back in 1927, uh, September 22nd. Uh, anyway, that's today in sports history, Jeff, here on Kane Radio, uh, Bayou Sports, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Absolutely. Big thanks to our guest today, Terry Martin, head coach at Lowerville, and as always, our sponsors, including... L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Schwing Insurance Agency, and now House of Representatives elect for District 49, Jacob Landry.